So we all hate going to the dentist. It's something none of us like to do, but we have to do it. Might as well get a free Sonicare toothbrush out of it. That's what you get from Green Mountain Dental Group when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. A bunch of us here at DNVR go there to get our teeth cleaned. Some of us have gotten our wisdom teeth pulled, gotten cavities filled. The people that work at Green Mountain Dental Group are awesome. They are a family-owned business. They're Denver sports fans just like us here at DNVR. So check them out today. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Something here. I'm not used to producing. Unbelievable. I know you're Unbelievable. You guys ready to cure up some funk? Oh, yeah. has uh, taught me the value of a producer, guys. There yeah. is a value our, to that. Our, yeah. Our, our intro oh, are we live? <laughs> <laughs> our intro Sweet. was a straight lie. It's a quarantine <laughs> live edition and Monday through Friday. It was a complete <laughs> uh, Welcome, in, everybody, to the DNVR Nuggets podcast, the DNBA show. There it is. We are back, man. We are fully back. We've got the drops. We got all kinds of uh, of cool things. Joker got a little four pack. That's right. He does have a little four pack <laughs> anymore. He probably no longer has a four pack. Um, but welcome in, everybody. I'm Adam Mades. I'm, I'm I'm getting drop wow. happy right yeah, now, guys. You I'm are a little uh, on over there. You're drunk on drops right now. Yeah, dude. What's happening? I can't believe how can much confirm. I'm craving a producer. <laughs> I cannot confirm or or. Deny. Look at this. We got some love from uh, from our buddy James Drake here. James Drake, absolutely. Uh, I'm Adam Adams. I'm joined by Harrison Wind. What's up, fellas? Just uh, sitting here, pouring, absolutely pouring over some uh, NBA draft film. Ooh, I, I like it. On. Absolutely <laughs> like it. pouring over NBA draft film. I'm so excited for the draft. Yeah. So excited too, for man. it. I'm hyped. Also joined over here, down here, by uh, none other than Eric. You know him as D-Line Co. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, what, we were neither one of us, Brendan or I, were sure where you were pointing. If you were intentionally, it's difficult. The stream art is difficult because you don't. It like reverses the way you point. So, yeah, um, it does. What's up, guys? What's happening? Let's go. We're back. We're on the, fire. Back, back in the comfort zone. <laughs> I've also got Brendan Vote. Uh, no intro for me, so I don't have any riffs for you. Um, but I'm here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> There's no intro music for you. Um, today, guys, we're going to do a mailbag episode. Actually, every Tuesday night, I believe we're going to, you know, everything's a little sure. fluid in the offseason. We're a fluid offseason team, but we're going to hit up the mailbag. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> I need a mailbag one. Let's do the, uh, yeah, more, more, more clapping from the audience here. We're going to do the mailbag. Um, You've got mail. You, you guys, yeah, that's exactly the drop. You guys have sent in a ton of mail. Like, I thought we were going to get like 10 questions. We got like 100. So odds are we yeah. might not get to your questions. We might. Um, but, you know, there'll be a lot there. But before we do, is there anything you guys, uh, any big news or anything that uh, we, sh- we should hit before we hit this mailbag? I saw, I will say this, Michael Porter, we talked about this a little bit the other day, but now the videos just continue to circulate, looking like an Adonis. Ooh. I don't know if Muscle you, uh, watch is coming early, guys. It's coming really early. He posted today that he weighs 231 and a half pounds. 231 and a half pounds. 11 and a half, yeah. Sounds really. like he just half. stepped wow. off the scale, man. <laughs> yeah. you might... I think that's what Oh, he posted Bronson... an actual picture on a scale, so that's... Oh, that's okay. I think that's, yeah, what, I think that's a, approximately the weight that Action Bronson is down to. 
He's been working out, guys, and he's okay. uh, he's he's only uh, two feet shorter than Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Anyways, he's his listed weight during the season was two eighteen. So packing on some weight. Two thirty two thirty what two thirty one and a half. Yeah, all right, thirteen and a half pounds. You guys check my mouth. So that's pretty good, though. Honestly, like, there's no, I I don't buy that. I mean, he might have like just got out of the shower and like eaten a full meal or something, and then weighed himself. I've done this before, where you like you weigh yourself right after dinner. And then you don't weigh yourself again till like you haven't eaten for twelve hours. And you're like, wow, <laughs> down eight pounds since yesterday. Like, you you can it. lose eight pounds by just not eating one meal. <laughs> People don't understand this, and this is a point I want to bring up because I'm People six don't five understand. and a Because I'm six five and a half, I can fluctuate like ten pounds in a given day, just depending on how much water I wow. drink. Or this is this is wild to me. This is this is unbelievable. <laughs> well, we I, should do this. Maybe maybe this will be good social amount. content. Let's do it, dude. Because I could eat McDonald's seven days a week, and my weight doesn't go up or down at all. You actually well, how, do yeah, you can like your weight can fluctuate. <laughs> your weight can fluctuate ten pounds in a day. Yeah, what? I, I, we should make this. No, this is we'll, we'll, we'll see this is crazy. Move. Is this acetate? You almost said it. I saw that look in your eye. Yo, I'm telling this you, is, this is true. Like boxers do this. The boxers would lose like an unfathomable amount. Of okay, weight. yeah. When they like water. when they go sit yeah. in a sauna for like twelve yeah. hours out of the day. Yeah, pro wrestlers cutting weight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling like you, we Adam should do this. Walking around. <laughs> we should we should do this where we will see if I can lose ten pounds and gain ten pounds in the following day. I'm calling I'm absolute bullshit guy. on this. I'm just letting you know. I'm it's calling be an shenanigans on this. Oh, I can't wait. This will be good off season content. Um, but Michael Porter still, I mean, he looks he looks good. Like he looks like he's he's gained some weight. So I'm excited. I want to see him come back just looking like a completely different. Uh... You guys remember Jared Vanderbilt? How much weight he gained like during that? Remember he was like just doing nothing but curls there for a while. And his arms got enormous. Yeah. Well, he wasn't playing that much. So <laughs> yeah, do you remember when we spent like <laughs> had to stay busy year. somehow. <laughs> the, the four, the three of us really, we weren't working together yet, but we. We hyped up Jared Vanderbilt so much. I still we like him. I, I still like him. I'm still yeah, on we Jared Vanderbilt Island. I just I still so like funny, him. man. He was like, he was, whenever we're listing assets, we always mentioned him. And there was one pass. We got one pass. But it was pretty sweet. That was a good pass. That that It was a great pass. Yeah, it, it was a bounce great. pass. It was a really good pass. His, his debut was actually the high point of his career in Denver. It yeah, like five rebounds in five two minutes. <laughs> That's so true. If only somebody could have said, like, hey, man, it's as good as it gets for Jared Vanderbilt here in Denver, um, at least so far. All right. So vote. You've you. What would you you've curated the questions in the mailbag here? What would you say is the theme or themes that uh, sort of run well, through look, this? this questions? You're going to get a lot of trade and free agency questions this time of year. OK, um, but I'm thrilled to report that there was enough questions regarding one bull bull that he gets his own section in my wow. mailbag rundown here. So uh, if there's a Can't common wait. denominator in most of these questions, it's one bull bull. Okay. All right. Well, so where are we going to start? What's Are we starting bull Well, bowl, here's, we starting here's some just like, some quick hitters, some fun ones for you. I'm, I'm going to call these our okay. appetizers, yeah. okay? Get us, mm. get us loose here. And this All one right. comes to us from at M-U-T underscore God X-B-1. I already regret <laughs> reading all of the ads. Yeah, we don't have to do ads. that for Step all Step one. Actually, we do. Let's do I do. It. I do, because I said I would. Uh, is, is that picture of Jack Flacco real or Photoshopped? And follow-up question, does he have a spot in the rotation next year? Um. Uh. Guys, I think the picture's real. Dude, it's 100% real. We already went over this. I'm a Photoshop expert. I couldn't create that. If I tried. I, if I tried, I could not create <laughs> such a perfectly lit recreate. Like, the, if you, have to, you have to look at all the contextual clues. Like, the way that the, um, the light is casting over his 
rippled mm-hmm. yet oh my God. tender body. Wow. This is like Rodman doing the, the rebound. The male form. <laughs> Click clack that way. Goes this way. Immediately back into the male form. One uh, one podcast <laughs> into the offseason. Um, yeah, they, it's real, man. I mean, yeah, he posted a, a follow up where he he chided all of you doubters out yeah, there, and he, he heard he the chat. Hashtag Photoshop. That dude's real. Very self. I wonder. I want. I really want to know where he saw the photoshopped conversation. Like that's such a good. I really want to believe that. Well, I added him from the DMVR Nuggets account, and I asked him. So I don't know if that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny, man. I love Vladko. I hope he's on the team for ten years at least. Um, No, but he's like Jared Vanderbilt, and this is the thing: if you're in the NBA and you're not playing, you really can either just sit there and like. Dick around like J.J. Hickson did. I don't, were you covering the team when J.J. Hickson was here, Harrison? Were you here yet? No, no. Yeah, that guy was like so clearly just like looking at the clock. He was like the the student that's just like looks at the clock all day and is like waiting for the time to get out. Yo, that that uh, might be my least favorite nugget of all time, J.J. Hickson. That's a really good candidate for least favorite nugget. J.J. Hickson's a good candidate. Um, and there's a lot of good candidates, unfortunately. But <laughs> actually, Tim Hardaway might be the ultimate least favorite really? nugget. Oh. Remember he was here for like 10 days and threw a television onto the screen? <laughs> and then retired. So I guess we have to throw Jordan McRae into that same. Uh, Jordan McRae. At least he hit a couple three-pointers. Uh, yeah, J.J. Hickson, terrible, terrible Denver Nugget to watch. Double-double machine somehow. Uh, an absolute yeah. stat. He was like a, a full stat filler, but like yeah. could not hit a single bucket that you wanted him to at any point in time. And then later on went on to commit a B&E. So oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Good times. Uh, Good times. Anyway, Vladko absolutely ripped. Was the question, will he get run next year? I don't see it. I mean, look, I I like Vladko. I think he'll be – the way I would put it is that if he had to play for five, six games in a row, I wouldn't really mind that. I mean, he was part of the seven. I think he can go out there. I think the longer he's out, I do think there's probably a ceiling on him. And I'm not exactly sure what position he is in the NBA. Right. I think he might be a four and a half, like maybe a five. But he's <laughs> he just really so might short. be a five. He really he might, might be, be a five. backup five. Uh, but I will say this: I'm rooting for him all 100 percent of the way. What do you think, Win? I agree, man. Like I don't feel uncomfortable if he's going to be out there for just a stretch at a time. He, he's he proved it in the seven uh, get in the win in Utah. But um, yeah, I don't think he's. He's playing much of the season. Uh, a thing on the weightlifting, though, you see it with rookies a lot because they go from playing in college where they're, like, going to class and then, like, going to practice slash weightlift. All of a sudden, they're in the pros, and they're just, like, on an NBA weightlifting program. Right. It's, like, totally different. These guys get jacked out of nowhere. Yeah, so. that's and, right. Yeah, I wonder if Lecco is bulking up because he knows what Adam just said, which is maybe his future in the NBA is, is as a bigger guy. Uh, but I'm with you guys. He's... He's not a rotation player, but he might get some run, um, you know, if there's an injury or something. If, if Bull Bull is the most exciting player on the Nuggets, like, you never know what's going to happen. I feel like with Vlatko, he's never played, but I know exactly what's going to happen when he gets out on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good for, like, five points. Uh, the thing is, is, yeah, exactly. It's such a long season. You think it's funny, like everybody starts to think about like what what will the rotation be like? How who's going to get run? And then it's like there's just so many minutes to be played over the course of an NBA season. People get tired. There's like back to backs. Like I could absolutely see him filling a role. You know, there's some nights when Mason Plumlee gets a lot of run. There's some nights when he doesn't yeah, play at all. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> um, 
but yeah, I mean, I you know, he's he definitely fits the person. Remember when Johnny O'Brien was in the rotation for like I, a solid month? What like, are you talking yeah, about? like <laughs> Hall of Fame Nuggets, uh, absolute Legend. Hall of Famer Johnny O'Brien. Johnny O'Brien played off the bench in that Warriors win. Yeah, of course, pretty sure. He came in and, yeah, he came he in and hit like three threes, dude. That was him incredible. and Mike Miller. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right. Brendan, what else? Let's move on from, from um, that one. That was a good so first one. That was a good start. Mario 45T, once, this is for our, our resident draft expert here, Harrison Wind. If the Nuggets <laughs> do keep that 22nd pick and they use it, um, the question is, would it likely be an end-of-the-bench guy? So, I mean, what is this going to swing the needle for Denver if they draft this year? Yeah, probably not this year. I mean, it's tough to get that guy uh, anyways at 22. and. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that Nuggets are so deep, I wouldn't think whoever they pick at 22 is going to play a big role at all. You know, unless they just hit on, like, a Malcolm Brogdon type. But right. I I don't see it. Mars? Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. I'm looking up the uh, history of the uh, 22nd pick. So last year was Grant Williams, Chandler yeah. Hutchinson, who oh. I don't, you know, haven't heard that name in a while. Jared Allen, very good. Malachi oh, Richardson, yeah. Bobby Portis, crazy eyes. It looks like every other year there's a player here. Jordan Adams. Mason Plumlee, anybody? Oh, 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 Fab, Fab Mello, Kenneth Fareed, Elliot no, Williams. It's literally so every other Fab year. <laughs> so if I just told you Kenneth Fareed, Mason Plumlee, Bobby Portis, Jared Allen, Grant Williams, you'd be like, ooh, there's good value there. But if I oh, told yeah. you Chandler Hutchinson, Malachi Richardson, Jordan Adams, Fab Mello, and Elliot Williams, you'd be like, oh, wow, they're all scrubs. So you can get a damn Grant, good player at 22. You really can. But I, Grant but, Williams you know, last be, year. Yeah, that's true. He, so that he would means be, this year's a down year for the 22nd pick. I mean, um, but I, even if it's yeah. a good player, it takes time for them to really... I mean, I would... The way I was thinking about this um, this morning, in a way, it's exciting that the Nuggets are primed for their least important draft in... I mean, how many years, guys, right? This is the first time where I really feel like they actually do have bigger fish to fry. You want to win the draft every year, but they're not the draft away from accomplishing what they want to do next season. And it's they did the MPJ and they did the bull thing. Now those guys need to play, um, and and so you're not really looking at this draft like, is there a guy who who, who swings any needles one way or another? In my opinion, you also like, wonder with rookies this year, like, um, are they going to be behind the eight ball? Because it's not like you can just be in the gym, you mm-hmm. know, around the clock once you get drafted. I'm sure it's going to be a little different than in years past. So I wonder if uh, it's kind of the rookie curve is going to be steeper this year. Yeah, this is this is easily the least excited I've ever been for a draft, which is funny because we're, <laughs> we're covering it. <laughs> but like, just what it means for the Nuggets is like it's, you know, it's like you're either you either have to look at it as you are just trying to acquire, like, turn the 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 theoretical capital of a, a first round draft pick into an actual good player that is becomes capital you know and you can increase the value of of beyond Mm -hmm. the theoretical um which means just getting the absolute best player out there but there's there's no space on this team there's no space on this anywhere like vlatko chanchar is a really good player and we're we're talking about whether or not he there's any Mm. room for him well (laughs) i I don't know i mean if you if you got him at 22 you wouldn't be bummed like he sort of fits in, I mean, you know, he's maybe not as and good they as, got him as at like those. 50 or 50. Yeah, and he's, I, that's just it. Like, yeah. th- they, that's why th- this front office is so incredible is they find value so late in uh, in the draft so often. Um, so it's just more of that. Like, they just have to find another hidden gem that they can, you know, draft and stash. I wouldn't be surprised if they just get a Euro. Yeah, I think they're going to find, at best, a Monte Morris, a Tory Craig, a, you know, that type. And what yeah. do those guys have in common? They all spent a year seasoning before they 
got called up to the big leagues. I just think that's probably where the Nuggets are at. Um, I have a question down here that I kind of like and I want to go to. Uh, our guy Noah Tucker here says, why wouldn't you want Christian Wood at the MLE? They just paid Plumlee $11 million last year. Well, first, first, a couple things here. I love Christian Wood, and that's why I want to talk about it. But the first thing I want to say about it is Mason Plumlee's $11 million, all this stuff is relative. None of this stuff happens. Are you guys ready for it? In, in a, a vacuum. vacuum. In a vacuum. This is all relative. They got Plumley at that price because, one, they had the money to spend, and they knew it was going to expire at this exact moment when all these other contracts are coming in. So the Nuggets aren't looking for an $11 million backup center now. They probably won't, again, for the next 10 years, they probably won't have a, a backup I- center ideally. making $11 million. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> that yeah. being said, I do think Christian Wood's one of those guys that's a good player. I think he... I think he's the type of player every fan base is talking about a little bit. Like he's he's sort of has some Jeremy Grant energy where he's had an unfortunate career so far, bounced around a little bit, but he's a good player that just took a little bit of time to come together and he's now he's like Jeremy Grant from two years ago, I, yeah. I, I would say. So he's a good player. I just don't know that it's in the cards for Denver to maybe pick him up. Yeah, I really like Christian Wood, but he's not coming off the bench for Denver. Like he's going somewhere to start and he'd have to come off the bench in Denver. Yeah, he definitely would have to come off the bench. Um, all right, what else we got? That. Let's do one more vote, and then we'll hit a break. Sure. I like this one from uh, Tyler Smith. Outside of winning the championship, what's one goal you would like to see the Nuggets aim for in the upcoming season? That's and here's question. here's why I like that question. Because I, for the first time this season, am kind of there, where I'm not interested, actually. I actually think the goal is the championship. And so yeah. we could give some answers of, like, I'd like to see Jamal shoot this many threes. I'd like to see MPJ play this many minutes. Those things are all building towards the best version of this team, which can win a title. I really think we're sort of past the moral victory part now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't like framing it that way because the moral victory dialogue is a little... Yeah. You you get what I'm saying. So I would frame it a different... I would frame it slightly different, and I would say this. For me, I do think that they are in the point now where it is championship. That's the ultimate goal. But every year I've said this of this rebuild or whatever it is, this we don't skip steps era, is they just need to get closer. So for me, they could come up short next year. But do we look back and say, are they closer? And closer could mean literal games. Like, okay, they made it to the finals this time but came up short. But it could also just mean like – You know, this year, one of the reasons they weren't there is because Michael Porter Jr. wasn't ready in time. But we do feel like he is closer to being ready than he was last year. So next year, can you say the same thing? Jamal Murray improvement, you know. And then maybe that's also Bull Bull. So it's just, is this ship moving in the right direction? Because it's so hard to climb to where the Nuggets are now. It's even harder to get over. But at a certain point, you can't, it, it becomes hard to tell if you're moving backwards or, you know, you're kind of going away from the tide. So for me, it's forward momentum. Yeah, and a key part of that is discovering new things about yourself. Mm. Like, that's a big goal for this team throughout the regular season. They've got to discover new things that Michael Porter Jr. can do, new things that Bull Bull can do, new things that P.J. Dozier can do. Those things are important. So that would be a goal for me, Denver discovering new things about itself. And another goal would be to get the games back on TV. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) Solid goal. That's a good goal, Harrison. Oh, I was gonna say. Dark. I was gonna say for my goal, like I would like to watch this team play in person. Yeah, that would be that would be like a very big goal. <laughs> Laughing so. It's so cry. sad how like how like really pathetic our goals are. Just like yeah, do a, for survive. Um, you know, like let's <laughs> yo, it's been a rough tomorrow. year. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I mean, really, you really just want to see exactly like you guys are saying. You want to 
You want to see more of those seeds come to fruition. You want to see Michael Porter Jr. become the best version of himself and, and really start to mesh with the, the, the other top two. You want to see, like... Um, you know, like where Gary Harris is gonna is gonna fit into to the to this club is does he still fit any version of the long term vision? Like, can he rebound? Can he be who we thought he was? Um, I mean, there's always like really interesting storylines, which is why the you know, which is honestly like why I hate when people sort of deride the idea of the regular season. Like, oh, it's so boring. Let's get to the championship. Like, like dude, like there's so yeah. many interesting things that happen throughout the course of a season right. that like. And you don't know, you know, there's there's so many human factors that come into play. And I don't know, I just can't wait to, to watch it. But that would be another, I know it is true, though, that you're kind of hitting on her point. One of the goals for next season is to be wildly entertaining, which is Absolutely. what the Nuggets have given us for like five years in a row. You know, maybe different levels, but they've all been worthwhile. So just another successful yeah. season would make it worthwhile. And for it to be worthwhile, they probably need to have some kind of forward momentum or not forward momentum, but some awesome stuff happened along the way. <laughs> Um, Harrison, why don't we take our first break here? Let's do it. Uh, pick up some Palisade peaches from Breck Brewing this week. If you're looking to pick up some beers, you can get them from your local liquor store. You can go to the source at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Uh, if you don't know where to pick up Breck Brews, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. Again, the Palisade peach. It's at the number one of my Breck Brew power rankings right now, the Palisade wow. peach. Wow. wow. And it's a it's a pretty prestigious spot, so. <laughs> pretty prestigious spot. It is a really good beer, yeah, all, it's, all bits aside. It, it is incredible. Uh, also, guys, MSU Denver Online. These guys have perfected the art of online education, and now online school is really the only choice we've got, so if you're looking to go back to school, complete your degree, check out MSU Denver Online. They have awesome teachers. The courses are just super relevant. You can use everything you learn in the classroom outside of it. Uh, so check out their entire course list online, msudenver.edu backslash online. This might be my favorite bumper song we have. This is my jam right here. Oh, yeah. This is your jam. Yeah, it's just very simple, you know? <laughs> oh, just let it ride. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Yeah, you were gone. That was really I quick. I can we listen to this play the whole time? No, no, or? we don't have time. We got so many damn questions, man. <laughs> all right, let's get to our questions. Let's go. Lightning right. round. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, all right, these two questions are related. I know how I'll do this. Don't worry. Just talking to myself. This one comes to us from Shane Lindsay. Assuming Denver re-signs Jeremy Grant, does Bull Bull have a future with Denver still, given that Jokic MPG Grant would probably take up most of the big minutes? Where does Bull fit into that picture? Still around, baby. Uh, still around. Yeah, he's, he's definitely got a future. Um, yeah. Look, Bowles is in that unicorn category, meaning you know, he can fit with a couple different lineups. We're not even really sure what his actual position is yet. Maybe he's a three. Maybe he's a four. I don't really think he's a five anymore. Um, but I don't think like whatever the Nuggets do with their front court, what, how they bring back Jeremy Grant, if they bring back Paul Millsap, if they, uh, you know, re-sign Mason Plumlee. I don't think really any of that has to do with Bull Bull. I, I think this team is really high on him, and he's a piece for the future, uh, really no matter, like, what the alignment looks like in front of him right now. Yeah, Bull plays into yeah. um, a lot of this modern positionalist thing, right? Um, and as a unicorn, and more specifically, you know, within Denver's ecosystem – I really do think they want to toy around with this next season of like, we've got all these tall guys that have eclectic skill sets that aren't just specific to size and exclusive to size. And what does it look like when they're on the court together? So we talked about goals. Harrison said, discover something new. 
for me, one of those goals along that same line would be experimenting in this way. Um, enter, enter the first round knowing if and when he could be a three, four, or five, and when. So that's worrying about bowl bowls, like being you know, not having a role in this team is a little bit like worrying worrying about overcrowding on Mars. Like we're that's a couple steps away where we <laughs> yeah. have to get there first, right? Sure. Bowl bowl isn't in the rotation yet, so how could we worry about him taking away minutes or not being able to go to the court? But I think that vote. So that's the first step. Like we're still a year away, I think, from even unless bowl is just like incredible to start the season next year, which is on the mm-hmm. table. So, was a little bit on the table. But I think more to the point, what Brendan said is exactly how I feel about this. Like, I am so excited about the Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant, Jokic front court. But could the Michael Porter bowl Jokic front court also be something interesting? Could the Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant bowl combo be something? Like, any? can Jeremy Grant move to the three with bowl? Can Jeremy Grant move to three with Michael Porter? Like, there's so many different you know ways you can sort of move things around that might work. Maybe bowl is out there, Michael Porter's out there, Jeremy Grant's out there, and Jokic is out there. All four out there because it just works that way, and, and somehow it works. So um, I'm not. It, it is something I think to say. Like, okay, at some point that's probably going to become an issue or has the potential to. It's just so far away that it's not worth worrying about just yet. Yeah, the bowl definitely has like the capability to be uh, the a player sort of like Boban is, where if things aren't going your way, you can sort of bring him in like a changeup. You know, like you do, he's not like your everyday starter, but like. The, he he has such a unique skill set, and it's like you can it's really like your throw Ephus pitch thrower. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. like he could come in. Yeah, he could throw knuckleballs. Like, uh, you know, like you don't really know how to scheme for a player like Bull Bull. You also don't really know how to use him <laughs> on your side <laughs> yeah. either. But he's just yeah, there, there's yeah. just so much skill there and so much potential that it's like, yeah, why not? Like why? Yeah, so he's I an love amazing this. Player. Who was it? Somebody had been sharing. I think it might have been our, our guy, the homie Miroslav, who was sharing something about how he, his former coach believes Jokic can play with another center because back when he was in Serbia, he was a power forward. And really, Jokic fits with every type of player. And we've seen this to be true other than, you know, a very, very small select of players that just might not be any good. But he usually can fit with anybody, especially if they are smart and unselfish. Those seem to be the only traits that he can't overcome right like if, if if you're a dumb player or if you're a completely selfish player okay you're not gonna be a, but if you can so that makes me think that why can't Jokic slide to the point guard or the shooting guard it's like okay yeah well we need to get these guys who can only play the three four and five on the court so Jokic doesn't fit no 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 Jokic does defensively things are going to get a little awkward but offensively you can make the pieces work so i don't know to me this is why i think malone's next job the next step for him is going to require even more creativity because the 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 weapons he has at his disposal aren't like naturally the first thing you would think of to go together but they might actually work he has some really funky ingredients that might make an incredible stew he just has to Mm -hmm. get creative with how to cook them so let's keep it on Bull. We'll move to at Eurocar 9's question. We already got Wynn's answer to this. Can Bull be the backup five? And if the if it's the case that he is the four, does that sort of inform your search for the backup five going forward? So is there are you trying to pair skill sets in the second unit, or does it not really work that way? What do you think, Adam? I don't, I don't, again, I don't necessarily worry about those types of things mm. just yet. And, and I do think that Denver might come up with a plan that is for 2021 that's not necessarily for 2022. This is, if, if this is one of the things I think the front office has a difficult job of this summer is 
Bull Bull might be two years away. Michael Porter might be a year away. You don't want to create a roadblock for those guys down the line. So whatever players you add to the roster or bring back to the roster, you want to have the flexibility to move on from those players should you need to create a space for them. So to me, that would be more the strategy. I would be surprised if Denver got Plumlee back here on a four-year deal. Unless it was like a four-year minimum type deal that they just knew they could move at any point they wanted. Also, backup center is like, to me, a very unimportant position. If you look at all the really good teams in the league, they just kind of shuffle in and out backup centers like every single year. So, like, whoever's the backup center for this team next year, it could be a different guy the year after that. could be a different guy the year after that. And he probably also won't win the game for the Denver Nuggets when Jokic is, like, on the – the bench foul trouble against Anthony right, Davis. Right. Like when backup five was most important and we were most frustrated with Plumlee, it was like, well, I mean, like does Noah Vonley save this game? Right, no. right. So mm-hmm. to win's point. Jason Plumlee was paid $4 million a year over the last couple of years to be a backup center. He was paid $10 million a year to be a great locker room and leader and all this other stuff. That's what he was paid for. So <laughs> I'm serious. That's really what it was. Well, also, I mean, the funny thing about the narrative about uh, pay overpaying Plumlee is – you hit on this earlier. It's like they, it, as as you said, it's not in a vacuum. Like they had the money to pay him. It wasn't pulling away from anybody else. And they, you people know, don't realize that they really just need to be like, you know, you just wanted the Cronkies to save money. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah, right. Like, right. <laughs> it, but it wasn't going to go to like LeBron. Like yeah, like, yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't inhibit them from making a single move. And you know, Mason Plumlee's like a mm. he's a decent player. He was a starter when they got him. So. Whatever, who cares? Like, uh, I don't know if Mason Plumlee stays on this team. Like, do you think? He, I mean, what do you think his his future is with this team? Do you think that Mason Plumlee will sign a contract beyond this year? I think he could. He, uh, he honestly, man, I feel a little bad for him because with the uncertainty kind of around the cap, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of money out there for the free agents who aren't like you know the top twenty twenty five guys, and I don't know if he fits into yeah. that category. Luckily. So. Luckily, he just got paid out of a vacuum. Yeah, he, he should be good. Like he, he should be he, he should be okay. But yeah. um, I, I, lo- I love this comment. Flacco might have the best picks out of any uh, anyone on the team. I would agree. I would agree. Simon. He's a brick wall, man. man I mean, I he's going to be even more of a brick wall going forward. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm rooting for Flacco. I want him to be great. I know so, he's well, no. he's he's another one of these folk heroes that we love so much. Yeah. He's gonna come back next year with a full arm sleeve like Wancho. Oh, Two yeah. years from now, he's gonna get a movie, and we're gonna be like, "Wow, look at the glow up on this guy, Vladko." All right, what's our next one? Vote. So I really like this question from uh, Nick Smith. After the way everything just went down with MPJ, um, will that inform? Will that change Michael Malone's approach with Bull Bull in this upcoming season? Um, I don't know yeah. if I know the answer, but I do like the question. And I like it's, it's basically asking us to make a prediction here. Sure. Which is cool. Eric, you start. You haven't started for us yet. Make a prediction. Has, Yo- has Malone learned no. the error no, of his ways? Or was there an error of his ways? There was, he, I, he doesn't view it as error of his ways. Like, he got the result that he ultimately wanted. Like, he's going to make. Although, I would say Bull Bull is different than Michael Porter Jr. because Michael Porter Jr. Come, like came in really hot. Like as the guy, like you know, strutting into town, again, like st- uh, ski- yeah. stealing kids' uh, sneakers right off the bat, um, and so he, <laughs> there was like a little bit of like Michael Porter Jr. needs to be humbled in this league, but Bull Bull is like pure humility. 
Like, Bo Bo needs, like, well, I don't know. At least he exudes. I'm, I'm talking about what he exudes. Like, to me, okay. MPJ is pure confidence. Like, he just walks around like he's the guy. And Bo Bo just seems like he's a, a little bit of a shrinking wallflower. Um, I, I've, not, I've never spoken to him, so maybe his personality is actually different than that. But, like, Bo Bo is somebody, it seems like you need to imbue with confidence as opposed to make sure that the confidence goes in the right direction. So uh, I, I would think from that standpoint, um, Michael Malone is like a really in tune with his players like that. We talk about this all the time. That's his greatest strength is like actually having a real connection with his players. So I would think that he'll, you know, like if he is able to sort of really assess like what he wants out of bull bull, like he'll, he'll treat it accordingly. I don't think he has just like a template, a boilerplate for how to handle every single player that comes into the league. I think Malone's plan with MPJ was like going according to plan. Like he, I I feel like Malone sat down before the season was like, all right, I'm going to bring this kid along slowly, ramp up his minutes right before the playoffs. And then, you know, he could be a big factor for us. Now the hiatus kind of killed those plans. And I think that obviously hurt Porter and what he did in the playoffs. Um, I just don't think bowl heading into next season is going to be at the like level or on the cusp like MPJ was heading into last season. I think he's just a little behind where MPJ was at this point last year. Um, so whatever plan Malone has for him, I don't think it's going to be as aggressive as as that was for MPJ last year. Cool. All right. I guess we're all in agreement. Um, oh, 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 no, I was giving you a chance before I tell the truth. No, please. Oh, all right. <laughs> Preach to us. No, I'm the, kidding. The um, I think they're different in an, another way that hasn't been brought up in that. I think that, let's be honest, guys, part of Michael Porter's struggle was that he wasn't grasping all of the like defensive rotations and reading the court and this, that, you know, the mental aspect of the game. And I think some of that has to do with, you know, this the limit, the so limited amount of time he had in college or what have you. And then mm. I don't know if with Bull Bull, I, I just feel like it's a little bit different. He did play. I mean, I know it was only nine games or 11 games. I can't remember, but it was <laughs> he, played, he played three times, times as many games as Mike. Mike he played three you. times as many games. Exactly. <laughs> no. But then, you know, he also played in the G League this year and yeah. he played in the NBA this year. I know it doesn't count because you know, it was those seating rounds and it was the scrimmages or whatever. But to me, I just feel like I'm not so sure he's going to ha- – I do think he is going to play minutes early on or have an opportunity, like first injury to the front court with a chance that if he really impresses in uh, the preseason or, or in the training camp portion that maybe he leapfrogs a player that was already earmarked there. And I just do think that he is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and had a steeper learning curve than what Michael Porter had Although Michael Porter, it's hard to say because once he actually got minutes, he looked really, really good. It, all of this to say, I think Bol Bol is really good, and I think talent matters a lot in this league. And if he gets an opportunity, I think he'll be good. Agreed. Uh, OG Mile High fan asks us, who is the best player the Nuggets could trade for with Bol, Monte, and a first-round pick? Which I think is a little specific of a question, so I was going to try <laughs> so, to open it up oh, a little more to you no, guys. No, I like it. Like, I like it because it is a backup, a high upside, sure. like a super solid backup. A high upside prospect, and then a, a well. My first pick. question to you guys, based off his question, is: Is Bull the centerpiece of that trade? If you're the receiving team, Monte first round and Bull, how do you rank those assets coming in? Man, it's so maybe tough. you love Monte. I mean, right? It could be Monte. You could look at Monte Morris and say, "Okay, we're going to sign this guy to an extension, and he's going to be like right. our starter." 
Or we're going right. to have one of the best backups in the league. I think teams view Monte as a starter, or some teams do. I think if you ask 30 teams to rank those assets, they'd probably you'd probably have a lot of variation in how they ranked them. That's a, that's that's an interesting one. Who's the best player you could get there, though? I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go through all of the list. I don't know yeah. that it's a great player, though, because usually a trade has an established, this guy's going to start for you, no questions asked, and maybe he's not a star, but he's going to bring you a, a known thing. And then there's like a high upside or whatever. And I just, I don't know that Monte, as good as he is, he does, I don't know that anybody trades for a backup point guard or, or you well, know, what also, have you. So. There's the salary deal of this, which is why I was going to open it up to like, to bring a good player back. There's no, as Bronco Squatch just pointed out, right, there's yeah, like you no get money going out there. Better. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I do like the question though, because I do think it shines a light on like how relative these players' values are. We spent a lot of conversation about this with regards to Jeremy Grant. Um, that was not English. We spent a lot of time talking about this with regards to Jeremy Grant. I think it applies to Bowl as well. Like Denver may view him as gold, and I think other teams may view him as a risk, um, yeah. or you know what yeah. I mean, or, or just not worth it. And I think Denver. Denver may, I honestly think Denver views him as gold, man. Like this is why yeah. I don't, these are fun to talk about. I don't think Denver's trading Michael Porter or Bull unless some kind of crazy offer comes through. You know, Ben Simmons or something like that that they can get happen where they're like, okay, this guy's can't miss. You know, Giannis or something. But I don't think they're looking to move him for Drew Holiday, Bradley Bill, and those are players that I don't think New Orleans is looking to move them for those guys. That's why I, the value to Denver is higher than what their value is exactly. to other teams. That's how they view him, and that's why I don't expect big changes. Um. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go no, go ahead, Eric. I, I was going to say, like, just again, the 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 the, the title of this uh, podcast is is relativity. Like, you don't know what uh, you find front offices in weird positions where they have to like have a fire sale and they end up getting rid of good play. Like, we got um, Jeremy Grant in a, for a price we wouldn't normally be able to probably have gotten him last year because. Right. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma City was in a position where they were just like, all right, well, we just wanted to collect as many first-round draft picks as possible because we're in a clear rebuild mm -hmm. after this uh, this debacle with um, Chris Paul, etc. Even though it ended up being they ended up being a good team, but like, I mean, you don't know. Like, it really all depends on like you're saying. Like, do other front offices think that the, the, these these players that the Nuggets have are of value in their larger plan of what who they the view that there's no absolute value to any of these players outside of the, right. the salary that they're making. All right. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. All right. One more in the bull section here. Um, and, and I love it cause it's actually a little sleight of hand cause it's really a Noah Vonley question, guys. If bulls oh, wow. coming in situationally, depending on matchups, what about Noah Vonley as the backup five? Really exciting stuff. Again, man, <laughs> like backup five. Sure. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, there's something to yeah. Look, I think Vonley could be a fine backup five, yeah. especially if you do feel like Bowl's good enough to play, and maybe those guys work in tandem or, or or what have you. I think your fear is always like, can you survive an injury, or or can you survive a long stretch without where, where all of a sudden Vonley's going from 15 minutes per game, which probably aren't too important to he's going to a lot. Um, so I don't know. I, the the real answer to this though is that I just don't think that's going to be a thing. I don't think that's how this offseason breaks for Denver at the backup center position. Okay, that they just don't have a, a somebody they feel really really good about. Um, I see this one. We'll get a couple quick ones here. Yeah. Do you think they're brainstorming a trade idea? I don't think so. I no. also saw somebody say, "I love this comment here from uh, David Romero." Trade for Draymond or Zach Levine because I can't picture two players that are more different than those. Two. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, do you want to like a yeah. all defensive power forward with no like you know offensively he does what Jokic does? I, I or do think you want I a think terrible the, uh... defender. Yeah. Uh, who's a, a great score? I, I think the train for Zach Levine has has left the station with uh, with Michael Porter Jr.'s emergence. There's like a little too much crossover between MPJ and Zach Levine. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, I can't imagine I, Zach Levine. I, Other I, than I it would be insanely that... fun. Oh, it'd be a joy. It'd be a joy to watch. I, I absolutely not, think not coach, I, but but watch. I, I absolutely think Conley and Arturis are bringing it. Well, maybe not Arturis. I, I I forgot Arturis is in Chicago. I think Conley and uh, the front office are Calvin Booth are absolutely trying to dream up some trade options. Can you imagine Arturis? What he's like to like talk trades with on the phone. He'd probably be so intimidating to try and negotiate a deal with. <laughs> I can't imagine talking to him on the phone. I, I, I sat really next to him at a bar for an hour. I still don't know what to do with it. <laughs> we, we love Arturis. We always make him sound like yeah, that. I know, yeah, he's he actually awesome. is. He's just very intense. It's actually yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you, dude, our, bar Arturis was great. Are you kidding great. me? He could name like literally every song for three hours. When he turned around and just started unironically like bobbing to the pop in the back. I was like, all right, little personality. Uh, uh, No, I just it's it's hard to hang out with where Arturis when your brand is short and wears flower shirts. (laughs) It's just like not a vibe match. You've got to be sitting down with him. Yeah, yeah. right here at a bar. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we're gonna do lightning round because we have like how many more questions? Fifty. We're gonna get to as many of them as we can. (laughs) Only yes or no answers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll be very, very quick, I promise. We could bring back Yup or Nope for that, uh, for the last, <laughs> uh, last segment. Uh, you guys can subscribe now and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you took advantage of that one-time 20% off offer. Well, now you can get 20% off any product you are subscribing to with Strava Craft Do Coffee. Do it. Of course, it's packed with CBD. You can get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and you can get it for 20% off with the code... DNVR20. Also, week six of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week seven. Broncos coming off a nice win over the Patriots. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook for week seven. They're bringing back their can't-miss offer. Head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. They are giving all new users. Yes, it did leave. It did leave. It did? It did leave. Right. Because they transitioned into the like one dollar to win one hundred dollars. Oh, that's right. I, I think it also, left at that point. Yeah. I think they were also losing money on that one. <laughs> I could be. I could be wrong. So it is for a limited time. It is for a limited time. Uh, but to get a sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars, you have to sign up using promo code DNVR. Of course, uh, DraftKings is safe, reliable. You can deposit, withdraw so easily. Maybe a little too easily for me. Uh, but a lot of other really cool stuff to bet on with DraftKings. UFC 254 this weekend. I yeah, I got to stop. Don't know this, but I think coming uh, up on Sunday, we, I think we're just going to head to the bar, make a ton of bets, and film ourselves, uh, you know, betting against each other. I can't wait for it. Very excited oh, for that's, Sunday. That's I'm, I'm fixing to spend like 500 bucks on gambling. Wow. I mean, win 500 bucks on gambling. That's what I meant. Say, like, win 500 bucks. I'm fixing we to win. spend one dollar to win the 500. That's right. <laughs> make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings sportsbook app now, and you use code DNVR when you sign up to get up to one thousand dollars. That's code DNVR to get sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
<laughs> all right, let's spice things up, guys. Let's spice things up. You guys, first of all, can we any comment on this uh, very sexy bumper song I have? Yeah, yeah the what's music's going great on? Now. I don't know. Yeah, what it, it's it very erotic, like, isn't it? It feels a little too erotic. Well, I don't know, erotic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was just going to say uh, yeah, ask, uh, ask this next question as erotic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, I don't want to because there's it, it's the first sentence has the word deep in it three times. So um, I'm just going to play this one straight. Uh, it is a spicy question, though. It comes to us from Brian Edit Stuff. Uh, look deep, deep, deep into your souls. Is MPJ a 100% lock to start game one next year? I still can't believe it till I see it. Spicy question. I actually like this. I'm glad somebody brought this up. Me too. Because I don't, I can't, I can't go to lock. I don't know. <laughs> you can't? Like, I can't see them not doing it. Like, you, you have to do it. But if, if you said to me, like, would you blind bet money that Michael Malone's going to? No. I, I think there's still a chance. There's there's always a chance. I'm He's a lock. Now. He's a lock, guys. <laughs> lock. He's an absolute lock. Lock it in. How deep Make it the DraftKings better draft or oh, DraftKings oh, pick of the week. Wow. Lock go, it in. Did you go full three levels deep in your psyche before uh, coming up with that lock? <laughs> yeah. Make sure you really look deep into your soul before you He's a lock, it. guys. He is. Come on. Right? Eric? Wait, see, you just said right, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right, uh, but? Yeah. yeah, I mean, nothing's a lock. I don't know. Like, is he a lock to play? Absolutely. Is he a lock to start? I mean, I don't know. Is Jeremy Grant, like, is he starting at the three, we assume? Like, yes. where, where's right. Will, Barton, Will Barton coming off the bench? Coming out, he's the first, the sixth All right. man? All right, I'm with Harrison. I'm with Harrison. Lock. Guys, this is a lock. I am telling you right Whoa. now in full Charles Barkley voice, I guarantee it. I guarantee <laughs> wow. it. He's got for a couple couple things here. A couple things here. Number one, he's really freaking good. I, I know that the playoffs happened and like he was, you know, he was still the highest plus minus player of the entire playoffs. Like when he was on the court, he was good. Do you remember that he scored 37 points in the seeding round? Like the last time that, we yeah. saw him get real minutes. He was scoring an enormous amount of points almost every single time. This guy's really good. His problem was that he didn't learn the game. And, and and I think also, by the way, one of the problems was that this is Matt Moore's theory, and I think he's right about it. Malone knows that you have control over rookies that you don't have as the years go on. Like the longer players in the NBA, the more they realize, wow, no one can tell me what to do. Hmm. That's your theory? I would say no, it on the show. You say like this same goddamn thing the entire year. <laughs> the exact thing, like word for word. But it's fine, please. I, I do like Matt. So <laughs> Either way, I think I think that's what happened this year. But next year, are we kidding? You guys, are you are you kidding? Like, could he get, you know, his minutes pulled? Like, is he still going to get pulled out, you know, if he makes mistakes? I think so. Yeah, there'll yes. still be some nights yes. where I think Malone will yes. be frustrated with him. But he's starting. And the team is from the jump has to learn how to work him into the system. You don't do that by the tough love days. I just think are a little bit over. There's still going to be some tough love. It's just not going to be the exact same. It's going to be a different kind of tough love. Look, you're, you're 99.9% right. But if I come back to you and I say, Tory Craig and Paul Millsap are on the team next year. Uh, can you give me a hundred percent? I give can you a hundred percent. Here's what okay. you actually, here's what I would tell you. There's only one other scenario. And that is that MPJ demands a trade because if you don't play, <laughs> yeah, if you don't start <laughs> In what is actually his third season, <laughs> then he is definitely he is he's going full Nurkic and he's going to be in the parking lot by game three halftime. <laughs> there's no there's no reeling that one back in. All right, let's move on, guys. Um, <clears throat> one more MPJ question. 
if I can find it. What do you think MPJ's realistic best version of himself will be next season well, on the like defensive on the question. defensive side of the ball? Um, do you think he can make himself a neutral to good defender by next postseason? That comes to us from. It's uh, a good question. Uh, neutral, six. neutral to good. Yeah. yeah, great job on the questions today, guys. These are some really good. These really are good incredible questions. questions. Um, good, probably not. Neutral. Not likely, but on the table. I, I bet he still comes into the playoffs as a slightly below average player, average defensive player. <laughs> Very, I, <laughs> That's what I I'm th- here for, baby. Yo, I think that he can absolutely <laughs> become a good. He's got all of the physical tools. Like he just needs to. He get, does. He does. He just needs to learn. Oh, let's go, baby. Like he, you see him like when he needs to recover. He can block <clears throat> shots. He can uh, affect things that happen at the rim he can like co- cover the weak side it's just he's not good on the rotations he doesn't he's not good on the on the things you need to learn uh but he can learn those like he it's, he's got a full season we're talking about an entire season needs to go by before we're evaluating whether or not he's a good or maybe only a 60 game season Eric. yeah he's gonna be great he's gonna be the best defender on the <laughs> i'm st- all right so the question was can not will right this is like yeah an upside uh, question. the question was realistic best version of himself realistic best okay so within reason i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think he can be at least an average defender this is best case scenario like if you ask me where he gets i think he's gonna be a mistake prone sometimes up sometimes down defender next year that's where i what i predict but it's not beyond my like ability to say no this guy's six foot ten and hyper mobile he blocks a lot of shots he grabs an enormous amount of rebounds i think he's probably going to continue to be mistake prone but i think he might be one of those guys that just also makes up for it because he makes so many plays and that's just where i think he will be i actually think it's pretty realistic to expect that of him to where he'll be good enough that teams might still target him but that the returns on those targetings are low enough that it's not like well, we can't win if he's on the court. It's just like, sure. okay, we're, we're Nuggets are 10% worse because this team is attacking him so much. But they're 30% better on offense than if the win. Comes out in the wash. Strong agree. That's how I would define neutral in this situation, which is like just good enough that you'll live with it because he's dropping 30 yeah. on the other end. You know, I agree. And, and yeah. that I actually do, I think, expect to see by the end yeah. of the season. By the um, way, Jamal Murray can be this guy sometimes. Like he's also like his defense has gotten a lot better in his team. I don't think as a team defender, I think don't think Jokic will be there. But like Jamal Murray, one on one guarding a guy is still a little bit of a you know. It's you've got you know LeBron James on an island. You're still like oh god, okay, it's Murray. Like you know whatever. I think it'll be the same with Michael Porter. I just I don't know. He's so long. He's so tall. He blocks shots. He makes things happen. I think he'll have really good games, really bad ones. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's throw the conversation back to the old core, which almost it's like gets left behind these days. So much interesting stuff to talk about on the fringes. Lawson and Farid? Um, no, Jokic <laughs> and Murray. Um, I like this one from Cypher 11. What does Jamal need to average next season to get an all-star selection? And do you Ooh. think he does it? I like that one. Who would he have to take this one win? What was A lot. it? What, what does Jamal Murray need to average to yes, get an sir. all-star selection? Yeah. Um... 23 a game, Ooh, 22 and a half a game. 23, 23 points gets him out West. I'll, I'll tell you, man, the, the number one determining factor, if like the Nuggets are number one in the West and Jamal Murray's coming off this playoff run 
and he's shooting a super high percentage, oh, and the so Nuggets right, are winning dude. a ton of games. You're so right. He's yeah. going to get in the All-Star game, even if he's not putting up, like, 28 points. I don't True. think he has to put up those huge numbers to get a berth. So Damian Lillard averaged 30 points per game. I'm just going to do the Western Conference guards. He averaged 30 points per game last year. Luka Doncic, 29. Russell Westbrook, 27. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 27. Devin Booker, 26 and a half. And Donovan Mitchell, 24. So Donovan Mitchell, 24. He's the 13th. Jamal Murray 20? could average like 23. He just needs to like keep the train running. He needs to keep the momentum going. He needs to have like like a couple huge takeover games. Maybe needs like a 48, 50 point game. On One GMT. or two of those in the first yeah. couple months of the season. Boom, he's in. I think you're right, dude. And he has the kind of game that like people will like people will vote for him if he's playing well. People want. I think in the the same way they don't want to with the Jokic's of the world. I think people would like to anoint Jamal a star. So, I like man, I, I still think it's going to be hard for him. I do think the Nuggets need to be the one seed if they're the two yep, seed, yep. especially if the Lakers are the one seed. Like, they are the team that ends up – the Lakers are going to get two guys anyway, right? AD and LeBron are going. And if who knows, they bring in somebody else. Then Caruso might actually end up in the All-Star game. <laughs> we never know. It's all but about the guards, get, though. Those guys aren't getting, in Murray's spot. Right. Yeah, so, that's, Steph yeah. back. But I'm just saying they're getting the two. Like, it's, it's really hard to have a team that gets two guys in or three mm-hmm. guys. Like, you have to be the Warriors-level fame, right? Okay, you know, you have to have that. Or you have to be the one seed. If you're the two or three seed, it's just going to be really hard for voters to be like, you know who deserves two? The three seed. They deserve yeah. two guys. It's just hard. It's you, hard. You've probably got to be the one. Maybe, maybe the two. Yeah, man. I feel like he has to, like, Jamal has to, like, score a lot of points. To be yeah, I agree. I think to, I think to be able to get, get, I mean, it's not even just whether or not he deserves it. It's just, like, it's just so crowded. It's so crowded that right. spot, like in the rest. And if the Nuggets aren't the one seed, he needs 25 points per game. Right. If they're not the one seed. Oh, he needs more than that. And to the second that. part of that question, do you think he does? I think I have more confidence that Jamal Murray will be a top 10 player in the postseason than right. I do he makes an all-star team, which is kind of funny to think about, but I think that's how it yeah. shakes out for him. Uh, let's go, we got a Jokic question. Do you think we'll have to follow up question? Do you think that'll ever be a, become a problem? What if that's just what happens for the next two seasons where it's like Murray is averaging 22 points per game. Oh, you know, he keeps going up a little bit. 22 points per game, playing really solid, but he never makes an all-star game. Do you think at some point he's just like, yo, I kind of want to score. I want to make it all. Like, it becomes important to him. Jokic keeps making it. Yeah. He keeps getting I mean, all the of course, yeah. of course he does. Uh, of course, yeah. I feel like every player would would think that. Even, even Jokic, we, 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 like, make fun of Jokic for not really caring about this stuff, but, like, I, I feel like he, he appreciates the, the recognition. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, right. I think you just got to keep winning. Right, I think Jamal will gladly be that guy if you're winning titles, but there comes a time when when the winning stops where where people make their own decisions. Yeah. Um, All right, what do you got? Give that, that man one, a shoe deal. We should, you know what? This would be the ultimate flex if we can like peer pressure Adidas into like getting a Jamal Murray shoe. There's the there's the we, Donovan well, Mitchell. That we, we have done it. <laughs> no, that's I'm what I'm saying. I'm like at Adidas right now, uh, the Blue Arrow. The I don't think we have, look, I don't think we have this much clout. But I'm saying, like, you make it a. You know, that's the one of the things we do have the power to do is to create a conversation that other people carry on. Right? We will you, single handedly sink the Adidas stock unless they give Jamal Murray yeah, a shoe deal. <laughs> you, dude, I, I feel like the Blue Arrows are going to be really ugly. I don't really have a lot of faith. Well, Adidas players. just doesn't make good shoes anyway. So like, they do make good shoes. They make good running type shoes. Like good. No. They make good like retro t- type shoes, but they're like they're newish. Shoes. No, no. Do you guys have like an affiliation? Like I, I am a Nike guy, but solely because 
uh, like they the I have Nike. There's a bunch of Nikes that fit my foot better. But that's the only reason. Like I don't have the brand loyalty. <laughs> like, it's like, I like yeah, I I've like worn a lot of basketball shoes in my pure utility. Yeah, so uh, utility. Uh, I uh, I I have no. I mean, I think Nike is my number one, but I ha- I do have quite a few ad- pairs of Adidas. I'll jump around. I have a pair of Allbirds. Yeah. I'll, I'll see where I'll. I mean, I'm keeping uh, an eye on what Puma's doing. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I've got some A6 in the closet. I used to have absolutely, my absolutely. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, friend of the show, Corey Blake. Uh, how can Jokic's game improve next season, and what do you predict his regular season and postseason stat lines to look like? That second part is a little tough, but I love the first half of the question. What does Jokic being better next season look like to you guys? Um, better three-point shooting in the regular season. Uh, I thought he was pretty good defensively uh, in the regular season last year. Uh, not as many stupid fouls, maybe, in the regular season that came back to bite him in the, in the yes. playoffs a bit. So I, I like to see some improvement there. Um. Those would probably be the two biggest things for me. I mean, the three-point shooting is, like, so obvious. Um, yeah. Like, what if, if Jokic was a 40% three-point shooter during the regular season, man? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the yeah. Nuggets would be just, like, murder teams. Yeah. yeah I mean, what Jokic do you think, is, Eric? Well, it's just he, he needs to just play a full season. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Does he? he just, well, he, did, like, he didn't play. He didn't, like, really assert himself or, like, really apply himself for the first half of last season. And yeah. then we know what Jok- I mean, we know what Jokic is going to look like in the playoffs. I feel like what we saw from him in the playoffs is what he'll always look like in the playoffs. I can't imagine him playing better. Like I don't know how you can play much better than he did. It's just like, can I he can. be that? Well, I mean, a little bit. Like he, he just. I, I don't know what else you can expect from that guy. Like he just did. He, he his three point uh, shooting was on point in the playoffs. His uh, energy was on point. Like everything was on point. Like we, he, I just want to think... see it over the whole season, man. Do you have one vote? I thought Wynn kind of touched on it earlier. I still think there's some lead-by-example demeanor stuff here and some mental focus stuff. And his playoff run was so good, but we actually did see, like, a tiny bit of November creep into that Utah series midway through. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and there's just got to be, like, a... Like, it's dope that he knows he has the switch, but I would like to sort of form that brick wall. You know what I mean? Of, like, you got to go through me every night... And I'm not going to wilt just because you're pushing a little harder than I expected and so on. I think the, and we talked about this a couple of shows back. But for me, I've always kind of run away from the like or I've made the aggressive, assertive distinction with him. But I think that he's probably at a point now where I do think he would benefit from the ability an increased ability to just put somebody in the torture chamber. And when I say somebody, I mean a team like right. He's. We all talk about him making the right play, and there's a time and place for that, even in the playoffs. But there's also a time and place for a first quarter. I'm going to put up 20 points here because it's going to change the way you think about this game. And he has some of the ability to do that, but I want to see him have more of the ability to do that, where it's like, man, that nobody on that team can guard him. Even the double team can't really guard him. He's getting to the foul line more. He's just he just as soon as he catches it, he's attacking. I, to me, that's a big part of his game going forward now is becoming that punch first guy, not react guy. Mm-hmm. We have time for one more vote. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. Let's do one more. Can you can you stall for me for like ten seconds here? Um, there's more free throws for Jokic. It's, uh, uh, does he to be really Serbia. All right, I got it. Cool. Uh, so this good stuff, guys. That was good. Uh, <laughs> Also a friend of the show. You're all friends. 
Alec Gwynn. At Alec Gwynn. Uh, what, if any, Yo. locker room issues would be caused by bringing Gallo back? Would his contract stipulate that he needs to finally sign Nicola's first touchdown ball? <laughs> <laughs> really and can one of you explain that reference to me? You don't know this reference? No, I don't. Oh, so when Jokic man. got his first triple-double, everybody on the team signed it except for Nurkic and Gallo. Well, and that's not be- a good sign. <laughs> and then it became a conspiracy about like, well, why? Because they just yeah. left. Is it because there's some? Well, Nurkic had just gotten back to the arena. He. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reason, I'm, are we positive that Nurkic is able to write his own name? Oh, <laughs> wow, wow, that's wow. a low blow. <laughs> I know. Halfway, do you notice halfway through? Like it took me a while to deliver that. I was. Bro, like, you know yeah, what? Because you're trying like, to find push out. right through. I'm not trying to find push out how right Bosnia Twitter rolls. So let's just <laughs> dial it back a little bit. Um. So here's the thing about that, and maybe I can start the uh, the post game music here because oh here it is this is the final one. I don't think that for I don't think Gallo's coming back, but I don't think it's like a thing where he can't come back. <laughs> but at the same time, I do think there was some tension between him and Jokic, and I don't think it was anything about their personalities per se, like oh, they didn't get along. I just think it was a weird moment in time. Anytime there is a passing of the torch, I think it is tough. And I think even more so with Gallo, like, look, had Gallo stayed with Denver all the way through, maybe it would have been awesome, you know, and or this or that. But, like, Gallo put in his time on the rebuilding team. I think he wanted to go either continue to be the guy or, you know, something else. And I don't know. So I don't think that – like Gallo and Jokic, I think they're fine. I don't think there's any type of rivalry there. But sometimes roads diverge in a yellow wood and <laughs> be one traveler there I stood. I can't remember. You, you guys know where I, I'm going with this. That's, uh, I think that, that, that poem you're referencing is about suicide. But uh. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds right. Sounds right. Well, well, every poem is, Eric. Every good one. So true. <laughs> it's, so true. <laughs> it's you're all like in high school and you write the essay, but like, yeah, this one makes me really sad. I'm like, oh, that's really good. Good job on your poetry report. Was that Robert? Frost? You're right. Is that Robert Frost? Yeah, yeah. You're right, though, Adam. Like, it's that timing of uh, the Nuggets was really strange, just because the Nuggets were really good um, for that season right after Carmelo left, and Gallo was a major part. He was our leading scorer for a long time. He was like the backbone of the team. We were gonna make some real noise in the playoffs. He got hurt, and it derailed the entire thing. And sort of the Nuggets' entire universe was centered around Gallo. And for such a disruptive player like Nikola Jokic to come in and nobody saw it coming. Um, you know, it's a little weird when yeah. all of a sudden people are looking to somebody that's not you when, you know, you've, you've, ha- you've held that position for so long. So I think that it's funny to think that he went, Gallo went off to have more success in other places when he had absolute failure everywhere he went. But um, I would I love to have No, him. I just well, okay, good. 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 Okay, okay. I mean, well, good. all right. No, no better than Denver. How about that? Okay, there um, you go. Um, but I would love to have Gallo back. I mean, there's no player that I love more than yeah, I know. I kind of would like to like close that circle. I just got to say, guys, Gallinari today working out with Steve Hess in Denver. Yeah, that doesn't oh. mean anything. Steve yeah. Hess also not with the Nuggets. <laughs> Gallo loves Denver. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm Actually, just kidding. If you want a little, a little nugget, I'm going to plug another show. Gallo going on with George Carl later this week. Oh, yeah. Truth in Basketball podcast. Also, yeah, a friend talk of the about show. All this. Also, a friend of the show. How cool is that? A friend yeah. of the show, George Carl. I think we can get Gallo on uh, this podcast. Maybe. Uh, I don't think it'd be very interesting, to be honest. <laughs> Gallo's like one of the worst interviews. Gallo, have you heard of E. Fody? 
And how, um, did you, how did you right, plug no. a podcast that Gallo is going to be on, and then in the same breath say that listening to Gallo be interviewed is not interesting? <laughs> you know what, Eric? You are muted. Um, thank, you, <laughs> you thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This was fun. I miss it, man. I miss the old DMBA show, the old live, hanging out with everybody in the comment section, all this stuff. Uh, we're going to be back again tomorrow at noon, I believe, going live as well. We're going to have Taylor, the girl who films things for the Nuggets, was inside the bubble for the entirety of it. It was she's she's incredible. She's gonna tell some stories about Alaska, some stories about being inside the bubble, some stories about just filming the Denver Nuggets. I think I, I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it. And then of course Friday, the DNBA show. We who knows? Maybe even we'll have a, a sneaky appearance from our Serbian correspondent. You never know. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh God, I don't have. Ali's watching. Watch me fumble this, Ali. Right, let me see. I go to here, and then I hit. Hey guys, make sure to download WGT World Golf Tour from dnvrgolf.com. The best golf game out there. Really, the only iPhone game that I actually play. But it's awesome. Super realistic. There's 20 million players online, and on weekends, usually we host tournaments on the DNVR WGT network. WGT is the official gaming partner of DNVR. And what you need to do is download the game and then search for the DNVR three country club that way you'll automatically be entered into all the tournaments all the close to the whole challenges front nine back nine full 18 tournaments that we do on the weekend sometimes you can even take home cash prizes pretty cool so make sure to download wgt world golf tour and then search for the dnvr three country club